right, here we go. We get to talk about six things on this episode four of the Fallible Podcast Experience. And man, it's going to be an interesting six points to talk about here within a 14, 15 minute time span. So without further ado, without me rambling on about who knows what, let's get rolling right now. So first point, which is going to lead to literally everything else that I talk about, or I get to talk about with you guys, is that the series against Tampa. So we played down in Tampa, down at the trot against the Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah, it didn't look so hot. Did not look so hot whatsoever. Played a three-game series against the Rays. We dropped two of the games, only won one. So we had a nice little record of one and three against Tampa. Okay, I thought we were going to sweep them. And was I wrong? Yes, I was very, very, very wrong. I wasn't even remotely close to being right whatsoever. And it was a little embarrassing. I had a bunch of folks told me who told me that, yeah, you should not be a prediction analyst for any sport, any game, at any time. Because Jason, you were just, you were wrong. So, 1-3 record against Tampa and the Trop. So, but so that leads to my second point, which is also crucial to make here at this particular moment in time, because the Red Sox, the Bo Sox, the team that we so love and enjoy watching, have lost the last five out of seven games. And unfortunately, you heard me correctly on that. We lost five of the last seven games. It did not look pretty. A lot of them were close. And one of them here I'll talk about in about a minute or two. So keep me posted on that here in a sec. Okay, so lost that lot, the last five out of seven. I guess the good news about that is that we did win two games. And they were fun to watch because we won. It worked out in the end. But the other the other few games, not so much. So that leads me to like a sub point for that is that now... The Red Sox have an overall record of seven and nine. They're fourth place in the AL East, and they are three and a half games away from claiming first place again. So we just have to hope, as we go into Toronto on Monday, that the Red Sox just win a ton from Monday on, and everybody else just loses everything. And again, that's my prediction side potentially not being so right. So, as we talked about a little while ago, I wanted to bring up a point on the game regarding some stuff that happened. So, Saturday's game, if you watch Saturday's game, oh my goodness, talk about a great defensive game the entire time. Holy cow. The pitching on both sides was incredible. The defense in the field was incredible on both sides. I mean, they went the entire game. At 0-0 zero zero as a score. Tied at 0-0. Zero zero. They had a hit or two here and there. They had a walk or two here and there. But not a single run was scored during the entire game. I mean, in terms of the defensive side, if you, if you like defense, it was a phenomenal game. Very well played. Then once you got to the 10th inning, okay, top of the 10th, Red Sox went up there and... As we all know, during the offseason, there's a lot of uh, negotiation with the Players Association and MLB and stuff they wanted to change and pay caps and 
this, that, and the other thing. One of the rules that they thought were, they were going to change was the runner on second base during extra innings that the player was going to stay there, if the player was going to go. Well, all in all, they decided to keep the runner at second and utilize that rule, which I thought was good. I know people have their opinions about it, which is a good thing. But in my opinion, I think it was good because, you know, by the time we get to the 10th inning, the game is already pretty long. and People just essentially are at a point where they just want to see a team win at that point and then go home or go wherever else, right? They want to stay at the game because they pay the money for it. It's exciting. But at the same time, there's a little feeling deep down inside of everybody saying, okay, can we sleep now? And I don't blame them. So I'm glad that they were able to keep that rule in place. So we already had a runner at second. And boom, we were ahead 2-0. to zero. And honestly, I wish the game ended there because Tampa got up, had already had you know their runner in second. And then another guy got on base for Tampa. And then the Sox threw the pitch and gave the go-ahead run and ended up being a home run. Therefore, ending the game, Red Sox lost 3-2. to Okay? One of the games we did win, actually, by the way, as a side note to that, was on Friday. Friday was a good win. But, unfortunately, in this case, you know, we do have to talk about the losses. And so today, today was a little different, right? We had a very quick two runs at the top of the first inning and now did not score the rest of the game. And then there was one game, I believe it was the sixth inning, where the Rays had bases loaded with only an hour. I don't know if they had any outs, but no matter what, they had bases loaded and... Then they got run after run after run. Okay, so they scored three runs. Two of them were right away to tie it up. Okay, and then another run came in, but that wasn't the end of it, right? They had two more runs on top of it to make, make the game a 5-2 loss for the Red Sox. And again, the pitching, the pitching wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. Just some more de- defensive things that just didn't get done. And then, of course, you know, the offense again, the offense couldn't get going. They just were stagnant and just took took a break today, which was at the wrong time, really. Because, you know, they're traveling up to Toronto the, probably this, this evening. So they could have taken a, you know, rest on the plane, a vacation on the plane. Instead, they decided to take a rest when they were working. So that was, you know, just not fun to watch on a Sunday afternoon during the day at 110. It was, it was a sad way to end the weekend. But you know what? Like I said, and even I was talking to a buddy of mine earlier today after the game ended. And he told me, he's like, Jason, the World Series is not in April. It's in October. He's like, you got a lot of baseball left. And I was like, yeah, I know. He's like, why are you so into it? Because I want to see the team that we all love and appreciate win, right? So without any wins now, it's going to make trying to catch up harder in the long run. And he's like, yeah, well, you know what? If the World Series is in April, then the Mets will probably win it. Because what usually tends to happen is the Mets start off really strong. And then over the course of the season, they quickly go down and down and 
down, and but the Red Sox will go up and up and up. So, you know, there's it's funny to think about, right? And even a family friend and I were talking on a similar note about how, you know, there's there's time. You know, the Red Sox have the trend of doing really well by the time the All Star break rolls around, and then yeah, then we take a little bit of a gap once we get back from the All Star break, but then. We managed to do good things. And last last season is a great example of that, right? So last season was the prime example, but where at the All-Star break, we were doing great. We were doing really well. Fantastic. Took a little bit of a break. Once we got back from the All-Star break, and then it still went, went really far in the playoffs, right? We went into the American League Championship Series, series right before the uh, World Series. And we're beating Houston for a while, and then obviously we lost, unfortunately. But you know, it, it is what it is, right? It was still a great matchup, still a lot of fun to watch. And honestly, in my opinion, they went more than I expect them to. So all in all, I chalked that up as a pretty darn good win. And there's something to build upon for this season, right? And yeah, we had a slow start, or we are in a slow start now. But to their points. We, we got a little bit of time. We got a little bit of time on our hands. And so, this is going to be fun to talk about. So, uh, currently, Alex Cora, the KR fearless leader, is unfortunately on COVID-19 protocol. He tested positive recently. So, we have an acting manager right now. And we just hope and pray that Cora gets better and gets here and healthy and back to his 100% self here very, very soon. And so that could potentially lead to a little bit of change, and a little change can lead to a loss or two here and there. So that could play a part in what's going on right now, right? Cora's not there to work his magic and, you know, just interact with the players. That does tend to lead to wins, and he can't, he's not there directly to work his magic, right? I'm sure he's, you know, calling everybody and FaceTiming with everybody and everything, right? But he's not directly there making an impact and, I think it's starting to show a little bit, right? I know it's only been a few days, but it is still relevant. It is still seen day in and day out. And so let's go forward. Like I was saying earlier, I'm going to bring it up again as the fifth point. We are going to be playing in Toronto starting Monday. And I know Canada has their policies and regulations regarding the COVID-19 vaccination status. And... You know, it's one of those things where, in our case, there are some players that cannot make the trip just because they never got the vaccine. I know a few of our pitchers and a few of our fielders, they didn't get the, the shots. And so, therefore, due to the rules, you know, they're unable to go to play the series. So that should be interesting to see how we cope and manage the process of losing some of these valuable players, right? In terms of how are we going to shake things up in a way where we can still be providing significant competition and coming away with the competition with a win. And so hopefully that'll be good. We did if little iffy against Toronto at home early in the week. So hopefully that can change in Toronto against Toronto. And I do want to finish up with the last couple of things here, last two things. First thing is what happened against the – Yankees and Cleveland Guardians in the Bronx at Yankee Stadium, right? I'm sure, again, we've all seen this. We all saw what happened. Yankees fans started throwing garbage so kindly, not really, at 
Guardians players in the outfield. After the Yankees had scored some runs to beat the Guardians, fans had thrown up players. Sorry. The fans had thrown trash at the players. And they obviously took offense to it. I don't blame them, right? In the sense that you, you just can't throw stuff at players, number one. And number two, trash. So it makes it even worse. And so I know there's been a lot of discussions on it. So I wanted to bring it to all your attention. So, you know, just talk about it. I think the biggest thing we need to do is just talk about it, right? So that's why I initially bring it up. Won't try to give too many opinions about it. So that way we can all just go ahead and have a conversation about it. So, obviously, you know, afterwards, a lot of the players on the Guardians said, obviously, and I'm glad they did. They said it was inappropriate. It was rude. It was cruel. And then some players took it further and said it's the worst fan base anywhere and everywhere. And so, you know, they're already showing their support. And even some of the players on the Yankees, you know, had apologized for it, which was really stand the stand-up move in the sense that, hey, obviously that shouldn't have happened. That shouldn't have happened anywhere. And now, you know, it needs to be addressed. And so I'm sure, you know, between the Yankees, the Guardians, the rest of the MLB organization, I'm sure something's going to happen regarding it. So that will be, you know, my conversation with that. And of course, you know, I encourage you guys, if you want to have further conversations about it, let's have it. I'll be more than happy to talk about it here a little more. So, last sub notes, and then we'll wrap wrap this episode up. And I'm sure all you guys are going, yes, or hopefully no. But, either way, it's going to be coming to an end. Quick sub note, Miguel Cabrera. I'm sure we have all heard this at this point already, but I want to bring it up again. Huge congratulations to Miguel Cabrera for making history of hitting 3,000 hits. 3,000. That's a ton. That's a lot of hits. That's awesome. And then finishing off at this point, I promise. Um, we had a discussion on one of our earlier episodes regarding Jerry Remy. And his pregame ceremony, because as we all know, unfortunately, Jerry Remy, a reporter that I was good friends with, passed away a few months ago due to cancer in a long battle with cancer. And so the Red Sox, you know, they did have a very nice ceremony for him before one of our games against Toronto. And then they kind of told his long, his lifetime uh, partner and friend, well, his, you know, life, lifelong work partner, uh, reporter, partner, and friend, Don Orsillo. They told him between the Red Sox and Nesson, the New England Sports Network, the organizations told him, yeah, we're going to proceed with a pregame ceremony without your video. And everybody, everybody was concerned about that, right? Everybody that knew Don, knew Jerry, his family, all the fi- Red Sox fans that were familiar with growing up. Listening to Don Orsillo and Jerry Remy call the shots and call the games and everything. And, you know, they challenged the Red Sox organization. They challenged Nesson. And so I know Nesson took actions regarding it. And they re-aired their pregame Jerry Remy special. And so it was good to see that Nesson admitted they made a mistake and fixed it. You know, but when the Red Sox talked about it, especially, you know, the president and CEO, Sam Kennedy, he was asked about it, but basically didn't address the con- like the question. His comments were just like, hey, you know, we're going to, you know, we're going to address 
Jerry Ramey's passing, and I think the ceremony we had was the, the way it should have gone. And that was, you know, no, all that was a, still gave a comment, still talked about the ceremony, but like I said, did not address Jerry Ramey at all. So, interesting topic again. You know, if you guys want to talk about this further, I'll be more than glad to talk about this further. Without further ado, this is episode four of the Foul Ball Podcast Experience. I'll catch you guys in a little bit.